Hey, everybody. Welcome to More Than Words. Welcome to More Than Words. It's Liz and Shara. Thank you all so much for uh, joining our podcast today. So just for those who are joining us, welcome to More Than Words. We are what we like to affectionately call the aunties of inclusion, meaning we too fly to be like, you know, two, you know, mama, mama bears, but we still got it in us and we're still jazzy around the work of DE and our diversity equity inclusion. Um, and so we are considered like, the aunties of inclusion. Now, if you yeah, don't know what that we basically encompass like a little bit of everything. I mean, I could still make it to the club, but gotta be home at 901. <laughs> See, she she said that I'm not co-signing it, but I would definitely anybody say, have a club that has it's a Sunday between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. because I gotta no. get back before bedtime. No, it's called brunch. You're brunching. Well, I'm You're brunching yes, brunch that's your brunch seven. experience. Yes. Melanie's probably like, what are you doing? There's no structure here. We're good. No, no. <laughs> it's structure. This is structure. We have to start with our banter. And typically we, we listen, there's so much that happens in a week, Melanie. And for those of you who are on the podcast, you don't see there is a third person, which is not how we normally do. But let me tell you why we're here, because I think that just goes back to the point. So we are on a retreat, right? So whoever is following us, please go check out our bio so you can know why we're on a retreat. So we are on a retreat with our advisory board. And this is the owner of the consortium and coaching organization that we are a part of. So we're on our retreat. We develop a curriculum, do what we do, right? And all of a sudden, we're like, what are we going to do for our topics? We want to make sure Melody is a part of it. So we're on the couch brainstorming. Like, I'm giving y'all all the details because we had a fly location and i mean we can't the scenery behind anybody on the video you can see how fly we live in okay it's an ocean and some palm trees and um and let me just tell you it is hard being on a retreat with four dei diversity equity inclusion facilitators and coaches Yes. We're all coaches. We're all facilitators. We all have these really deep conversations. Sometimes it's two of us. Sometimes it's four of us. Sometimes it's just me having the conversation <laughs> by myself. And, it's and we just, and we just listen like, okay, do you want us to coach? Like, you, you just want us to listen? Do you need well, me to do and something? I, think, I know I haven't been officially introduced, but I can't stay quiet this long. So... I think like one of the things we talked about is we should just have a recording of us all the time because our conversations are so good. It's like, why did we not record this conversation and share it with Well, the world? this is why it's so <laughs> impromptu. This is why it's not in our normal format. Yes. You know, because we, we have like a little format thing that we do and it's not a format because we were sitting on the couch in our beautiful fly location mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, typing away because I do I, I I do all the administration stuff and because I like it and I spreadsheet everything. No, don't be putting it. Don't put that out there. You making me look bad. And I'll. <laughs> oh no no. Share a. Y'all know if y'all see the website, this whole concept, the 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 fact that we even have structure is share it completely. So okay. No no. Sorry, I didn't mean to like you see, know. you, 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 that you, under those, that you got those. I'm gonna call you out on those. Ain't nothing. Woo! No, you not about to say nothing. Yeah, no. you call me out. You call me Woo! out. So anyway, so going back to being in this house, and we're all sharing a house. We're all mm-hmm. grocery shopping, sharing the house. It is tough being in this because this is what happens, right? You get to, you they call you out on your shit real quick. 
oh, you having some limiting beliefs? Oh, you said something that was weird. It talk about we practice what we preach and it Mm -hmm. is in here and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. And it's, for me, it's helped me like really lean into that uncomfortableness. And it's like, I'm like, oh, I like being in this space now. Ooh, you know, ooh. (laughs) And I'm Let's introduce, let's introduce. Let's be clear. Now, I want to go on record. It's 50 50. I'm all in it, interested on my side. And then 50 50, like, I am a super annoyed. If we just don't talk and stop coaching, I am so annoyed. Don't ask me another question that isn't important for us to dialogue, okay? Because I'm tired of feeling like I'm in a pop quiz. But that's just for my coaching people. So for anybody who's our client, just, it, you know, we embrace it every day. Uh, <laughs> just so you know that we embrace it. But for all the coaches, you'd be like, girl, if you don't have or sir or um, babe, you better get it together. I am tired of answering these questions because all I do is ask questions all day. So I had to throw that out there for the people who be like, oh, come on, I couldn't be in the house. Cause well, that's what I happened just- yesterday, right? We ended up, uh, I had to go to, I was like, um, I'll just go by myself. And we ended up walking five miles, but then we, I got lonely because I don't know how to be by myself. So then I saw Deb and, our, Deb and, and, and Shara from far away. And I was like, my friends, because I don't know how to be by myself. I know how to be by myself and I took a nap. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with napping by myself okay well yes. let's let's get our let's let's get our introduction in because obviously we've heard from melanie yes so <laughs> let, let me that was let a me. long time to ask your guest to be quiet yes. let's just yes. put that out there yes well you know typically we got a format which i keep i'm just gonna throw out there one more time we got a format that we're not using but i'm gonna throw i'm gonna come back because i'm being agile and flexible um so okay so melanie melanie knows so let me just say, we talked about our coaching practice, but for those of you who don't know, we went through Coach Diversity Institute, so CDI. Um, Ooh, and and CDI, is not, CDI is not paying us, but at the end of the day, it's a really important organization. So we love uh, Tawana and all the people over there um, at CDI because honestly, that's what connected all of us together. So imagine me, right? Y'all know me. Y'all don't got a chance to know me. I come into um, a coaching session. It's three weekends, right? Like you're dedicated weekends. Don't plan nothing. Don't say you're going to meet nobody for dinner because you all in all day. So we come into this session. It's a diverse group of people. And in this one instance, literally Melanie is one of the few uh, white people in this space, right? So it's a bunch of people of color. We're gender diverse. We're um, social economic diverse. We had students in there. I mean, you name it. It was the most diverse circle of people you can imagine. And Melanie is like standing on the sore thumb, right? Like just candidly, just standing out. So anyway, I'm one of those people. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what's going on. I ain't been, I ain't giving y'all all. I'm gonna be quiet, which is hard for me because I need to assess the room, make sure everybody's safe. People, I'm just saying, you know how that goes. She has that Pisces and, in her. Oh, you know, I'm reading everybody in that room. I'm a wait, clients. I am um making no assumptions or judgments allegedly but anywho I meet Melanie I'm in the classroom we're doing our introductions and literally somebody goes after Melanie and I have gone and she was like I'm just not comfortable with white people being in this space and talk about diversity I was like oh so I'm not white and you're not white you're not white white, what she actually says is (laughs) I don't like white women Yes, that's right. So she so she was building up to the I don't like white women. So she, it was almost like this kind of like, okay, so did you just say that? So then I'm like, who are you talking about? So if I'm on, I'm counting them all like, so you not why you not why you know why Melody, you talk about Melody in here with us. 
So then Melanie takes it like a champ. Like she was like, well, I appreciate you being open like a true coach would. And, you know, you know, hopefully you get to learn more about me and we move on. Now, she will tell more about how she internalized and how she used that story. But when I tell you, by the time we got to that lunch, you know, I could not hold it in. I was like, so we just gonna let that go that she just called you out like that? Like the only white president? That is my introduction to Melody and myself. We are literally at a Chinese restaurant eating um, for lunch. And I I look over and like, so we just gonna let that go? And that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship, which in that same time, literally, as we had started our appetizer to the end of that lunch, I realized I was going to work with Melanie for sure in some capacity because we had this kinship and connection that was um, layered in a little bit of funny, but a lot of like, like difference and commonality. Difference and difference and commonality literally um, intersection in such a way that I could feel safe to say some of the most uh, direct things about my experience in life and hers in her experience in life. And this happened over literally the half a day. So shout out to CDI. CDI mm-hmm. works magic and bringing people to together. People together. And I think even earlier today when we were doing this impromptu thing. Melanie was saying, Shara, I appreciate you so much because you pushed me. And it's like, when we all came together in, in doing this um, consortium, it was like, we're, we all bring something different to the table and we're all very different, but we have this commonality between us. And it's like, that's what just, it's just really brings mm-hmm. us together, which is why mm-hmm. we're sharing a house together. <laughs> and we're Melanie. together. Melody, tell us about you. So first of all, in the format that we normally use, hey, hey, Liz, we typically ask you to talk about a diversity will. Now we, just so y'all know, we just threw that diversity will up in her face like two seconds ago. So we just yes, want to see what pick Diversity will, pick one. <laughs> so, so Melody, <laughs> who are you? And tell us about influential life and your experiences and by the way, your work experience and why you live in this life. Why are you friends with us? Like all those things. I'm just going to tell you some stuff. I'm going to introduce myself, like you said, share, like I often do in, in our client sessions. And if I miss something, pull it out of me. You, I have no doubt that this group is going to pull it out of me. <laughs> I'm Melanie, in case we haven't figured that out yet. Um, I'm the CEO of MFR Coaching and Consulting. Um, but I have organizationally dimension on the wheel. I have um, a long history in tech and finance. Um, but also as a master's of social work and working in DE&I and working in culture development. So an eclectic background that led me to the space I am today. Um, I'm white, as was previously established in that CDI session. She's um, a cool white woman, though. She's a cool white woman. Yes, I am a woman. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I, um, I am a, a, a cis white woman. Um, I am a mom. I am a wife. This is the second time I'm a wife, if we're just going to be transparent and authentic here. Yeah, this is the second time. Shara already knows. Second time I'm a wife. Um, I grew up, you know, probably at the upper end of poor and the lower end of middle class over the um, course of my childhood. Um, And I really, in my adulthood, you know, moved into that solid middle to upper class, probably upper middle class throughout my um, adult period of time. So I've I've been on a spectrum of socioeconomic privilege. 
Um, I grew up in a, a very traditional, very conservative Christian home. Um, there are some things that that came out of that that have been helpful, and there's been some things that have been very damaging that I have moved away from as an adult. Um, so I think um, I think I covered a lot of it. I'm direct. I, I do like to have direct conversations, but I also have had to navigate that because obviously different people come with their own world and view and experiences and direct cannot always work in that, that those instances. Um, so um, I love my people. Um, I love these people and I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to oh, be a part of this. Wait, 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 Leah. She said these people. I don't want nobody getting sensitive. Let me just oh, say. Oh, yeah. Don't get sensitive about Listen, those we are using our pronouns here, and that was an acceptable, acceptable use of the pronouns. We don't need that. Don't start it. Don't yeah, spin us crazy. Oh, don't, yeah. Don't yeah. do that. But I'm going to pass before. I, but Liz, I, I want to pass it to you. Real, I wanted to pass before I pass it to you because I'm going to be quiet. I promise. I just want y'all to know that this is the first time on our episode that you're going to hear that we are not all in agreement with this conversation so part is brace yourself because we've a lot of commonality before we are about to not all see out of eye on this particular conversation and the topic is self-care hit it liz so yeah so well first can i go back to melanie's introduction because what i kind of noticed a little bit was on the direct where you were Mm -hmm. like and i am very direct but you kind of were like I'm direct, but I've had to navigate through that. And let me tell you what, your directness has taught me how to be direct. Mm. And I don't know if you've unleashed something. I don't know what you've unleashed in me, but we we there, we're accepting it and everything. But it's really taught me, especially coming from a Latin background where I, I have been, you know, I think in, our, in previous episodes, we talked about my parents immigrated in, uh, into this country and I've had to fly under the radar a lot. So being direct and ha- and giving and receiving feedback wasn't something that was innate to me. It was something, a skill that I had to learn. And that is something that you really taught me. So be girl, you own that directness. I do own that directness, but I also think that, you know, part of the work we do differences in commonality, right? And I remember I recently wrote a post on this and I get asked not infrequently, you know, is it okay for a white woman to be in this space? And and the the answer I will give is everybody needs to be doing this work. Everybody needs to be in this space, but not every space all the time is mine to claim. And so things like being direct, yes, I own that. And there are times that as a woman and being marginalized as a woman where I've lost that voice and not being able to be direct, you know, is is something I've had to work through. And there are times where, you know, not owning that comes from a place of being in spaces where that wasn't honored as being a woman. Mm-hmm. But I'm also recognized that in some cultures and in some places where people are where they're at on their journeys, how that directness can be intimidating or how that directness is not empowering. So when I say that, it's that, you know, I've had to navigate. If I'm holding back that directness from a place of weakness for myself, that's not good. If I'm understanding the differences and commonalities I'm having in a conversation and being able to meet somebody where they're at, 
that's kind of what mm. I mean by that. That's a good story. I just wanted to, I just want to bring that out. So this is what happens when you're I know. Let's courses. see if we actually get to the topic. So okay, so our topic. So <laughs> Shara and I have a journey of self-care, right? As a black woman and a lat- Latina woman um self-care and, and it's also really important to us I mean I meditate I journal um yes I do go to the spa too but we I, we were I, I, we told Melanie we're like I want to I have found this quote so I'm reading a book by Viola Davis her memoir and it's called Finding Me I know I'm giving a shout out Shara she's not gonna be happy with me but that's okay her quote and it's so powerful um it taught it says emotionally healthy thinking wasn't instilled in me I only understood secrets suppression and success at all costs and we in our prior prior episodes we talked about 2020 and the impact on it and I don't think we're talking about that enough so Shara and I went on this journey in 2020 individually, not together, but somewhat now is together because we have, you know, our sisterhood and stuff. And that is part of self-care. And I told Melanie, I'd really like to, you and I had a separate conversation about going 125%. And I challenged you. I was like, are you really pulling back? And you said, oh, well, maybe I'm going 100% instead of the 125%, but it's 100%, which is still... And I know Shara has some comments and questions about that comment anyways, too. <laughs> but we were we were talking about like the equity of self-care and it came back and all three of us have different opinions, perspectives, like, you know, so go ahead, Shara. Like, what are you questions? I see, I see you itching to talk. Let's do it. You know, I was, for anybody on the video, I was literally physically itching because I was like, you know, well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Because what, what happened is, so we're in this conversation about self-care. And when we often, uh, Melanie was sharing uh, a little bit about how self-care was like spa days, the whole, like so the way it's been defined has not really allowed us to talk about it equity. Because when I was like, when I said self-care, I was basically saying from my black experience, <laughs> I was saying, okay, self-care, what I learned from 2020 was, okay, I need to take care of myself. And it started very basic. Like, you know what, Shara, you've been trying to holistically manage your blood pressure, um, but in your genes, in your blackly black genes, you have high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, all those things. You need to, one, lose weight. So we're going to have to figure out this exercise Two, this holistic thing. I don't drink all the alkaline water I can handle. And guess what? And I've managed my diet. And guess what? My blood pressure ain't going down. You need to take these pills. Third, I was thinking, you know what? What is for me, right? Me, what I need is to understand that in all the roles that I'm serving others, I need to learn how to say no. And so those were my basic self-care. Well, before I was like, spa days, all that. I was like, no, no, no. These are the things that are- Basic necessities. Basic needs to say, I got to walk away from work at 4.30. And if I do not, I am mentally going to turn into different stereotypes that are absolutely true, but absolutely false because I haven't taken care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I needed, to me, when I saw Melody, and I'm going to pass it to Melody, when Melody started talking about it that way, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure that was available to me, whether that was in my past or maybe in my past, it wasn't about me to think about it in that way. In my past, I would have to think about it as, oh, it's eight people in the house growing up. My self-care is going outside, 
while everybody else is inside. Or my grandma saying, I'm going to go take a, a shower or a bath and she just be gone for an hour. And those were the moments where you get to steal and carve out and be like, okay, I just need to worry specifically about me. And in 2020, it got real because it was like, okay, we in survival of the fittest. So I need to think about my fittest and the fittest of the people around me. And I didn't have self-care got very specific. So Melanie, you heard me say this, right? <laughs> And your eyes was like, and Shara, here we go. Here we go. No, no. What I think is that, and this is, this is why conversations like this are so important. And one of the things I said to you was one of the things that our relationship has taught me is the, the importance of shared language and shared understanding. Because when you hurt self-care and when you define it in ways of even meeting your basic needs, and when I hear self-care and I hear things of things that feel like luxuries, so my reaction, what I said was literally, I said, when I hear self-care, I have a bit of an allergic reaction. Not because I don't do it or I don't appreciate it, but because when I hear self-care, I often hear it referenced into the spa days. I could do spa days. I love spa days. Like there's nothing wrong with a spa day. When, or I hear, I need to take a mental health day from work. And I immediately think of the inequity of that. Because if you are poor and are working three jobs, you take a mental health day from work and you don't get paid. And then your stress is even higher. And then it's this cycle, like a mental health day is actually not going to take care of yourself very well because now your basic needs aren't being met. And so what I really loved about how you reframed the conversation was how self-care can be, you know, even the most basic needs like taking your medicine and how, what is it, whether it is our individual experiences, whether it is our collective experiences of a group, or whether it's a systemic pressure that comes that prevents us from doing these things that we need to take care of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that's when I when you think about 2020, for example, people who had the luxury of, and, and and it was hard for everyone, right? For me, I was at home with my two kids, two working parents trying to navigate that. We didn't have schools, but what put me into perspective was my family members who don't have the luxury of being able to work from home. That's a privilege. You know, they're, they're having, they're, they work in construction or they get paid by the hour. If they don't work, they don't get paid. Mm -hmm. So now you're having to make a life and death decision because you have to then provide for your families. And also shout out to people building our homes that we live in. Thank you very much because they weren't wearing masks and they don't wear other safety equipment. <laughs> but if you were looking at, you looked outside and you were seeing the guys building or the people building the, the houses, they're not wearing masks because you can't wear masks in Houston with a hundred degree hum weather and hundred percent humidity. <laughs> so it was like, and they weren't, they couldn't, there was no social distancing. There was no masks because you, you just couldn't, mm -hmm. you can't do that in that mm -hmm. kind of environment. It's like how scary for them. And, and as the Latino community, very, very similar mm -hmm. to the black community, we, we have diabetes. We're overweight. We don't, a lot of communities in low income areas don't have the accessibility that we do with, this is another topic that we can even talk about, but Shara and I were discussing about, you know, uh, what did you call it, Shara? The food, uh, 
food deserts. Yeah, the food desert. And it's like, okay, in, in very low income areas that are inside cities that are the concrete jungles, there's food inequity and there's there aren't fresh vegetables and fruits and, and all that yeah. stuff. And they have uh, McDonald's and all these other ch- chain restaurants that are high fatty. Well, yeah, we got diabetes. Yeah, I mean, and, and also, I mean, let's let's just let's just say it. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, when you are living at the poverty line, which if you haven't looked at what that number is, go check it out because oh. you cannot have this conversation without thinking. For us to be supposedly this very capitalistic place, where you know, come and live out your dreams, it, the fact that the poverty line is so low, and so many people are living at or below that. Think about the minimum wage. Now, don't get it wrong. I recognize my privilege in the sense that I have got double education, and I have a great job that pays me really well. And also, I got this new entrepreneur mindset that allows me to be in different spaces. But let me be very clear. When I was, my mom, and please, mama, don't, don't punish me for this because I still be scared of her. But I will say my mother, when I went to college, so y'all can see that I went to Boston college, my mama wrote on an application $13,000 um, as her income. I, the school literally sent my application, but I was like, um, this is a typo. Um, you need to get your mama to fill this. I was like, my mama filled this paperwork out. $13,000 was where she was at the time being able to contribute that we put in that application. And when you think about at that time, I thought that was a lot of money. I was like, shoot, I'm on like 13. I'm sitting around people who literally playing $32,000 a semester for tuition. So when you talk about the experience of self-care or your environment and what's available to you, one, 2020 made everybody go back to survival. And the reason I tell that story is because at 13K, I did not know that my life wasn't full and rich and have all these experiences. But what it was doing, it made it um, very clear that my mom was living, per se, in survival mode by making sure she could care for her child and herself. It was also such that my grandmother had to take on a caregiving role, meaning she also she had to take care of the home. And every single body in that home and my grandfather had to go out and work as many hours of overtime as possible to care for the many miles that was in that house. And each of us had to do our part. We had to go to school. We had to come back. We had to do chores and we had to play like a kid. And then we also need to learn how to survive in our blackness out in the world where it was obvious that we were black. Right. And we needed to navigate that so that we could be successful. Going back to Viola's piece. But you say all that to say you layer that in 2020. I went back to the basics. I was yeah. like, OK, so me, my mama in this house. Well, we first of all, let me be clear. My mama, somebody made a joke about this. It, it hit my sensitivity for a second. I, my mom was living with me because I wanted my mama to be there. Not that I was living with my mama. I don't know why that matters, but somebody got me. <laughs> And, um, That's because our moms it, are going to be listening to this. And I know my moms will be like, why? I wanted my mama there. Let me be clear. I asked my mom to be with me. Okay, let me just be clear. So I say all that to say is that when I think about self-care, self-care started with survival. I was like, it's 
my me and my mama in this house how are we both going mm-hmm. to live through this mm-hmm. and then I thought about all those people who I could not see but recognizing that my aunts had to become full-time caregivers my great aunts had to become full-time mm-hmm. caregivers access to my grandfather medicine may or may not be available my mom who was in a medical field was going to be at a heightened level of exposure so I don't care how much education I had how much resources I had it did not matter because it was what was available to me to, for my health, for my mind, mm-hmm. my wealth, and those people around me. It that's where it came back to the bare basic survival of the fittest, and that meant everybody had to do their part. So I, I, I just when we started this conversation, I was like, I don't know what self care is. I mean, self care now, it's five days and all that stuff, but self care. So, so Melanie, whenever, you know, we were kind of talking about self-care and Cheryl was sharing her story and it's like, well, kind of our experiences, what shifted in you? Well, I, I think that, I think in some ways there was a commonality to what we were saying that, and in other ways, again, what shifted for me is what always shifts for me when you really, truly listen to what someone else is telling you, Right. Like the the experience and worldview that Shara had, I think that you know when we look at the pandemic, for example, and we, you know we talk in this language of commonalities and difference. There was a common collective experience we all had with the pandemic, and that you know we certainly saw how systemically that we are not structured. Um, to be a community and take care of each other in the midst of a major worldwide incident that is killing human beings. Like we had this collective experiences of the people and the and the structures that we rely on day to day of collapsing, right? Mm-hmm. And we had very different experiences that inequities that currently exist existed at even greater disparity through the through the pandemic. And so when Shara tells me of her personal experience, what shifts for me a little bit is understanding that the way I can see and define something is different than the way Shara or you see and define something because of the worldview and the experience that you live in as who you are. And so I hear and heard self-care because despite all of my work, I still have spaces that have a lot of whiteness in them, that have a lot of wealth in them. And so, of course, in that white, wealthy space, I hear spa days, I hear getting my nails done, I hear taking mental health days, I hear all of that. And my reaction is because I do this work in other spaces and I see that's that's not going to work for people who are working three jobs, like that doesn't work. But when I hear Shara redefine self-care as even, because I know these issues, I know these issues. It's not like that issue wasn't new for me, but it challenged me to rethink and redefine a word so that's accessible and useful to everyone. So that somebody can redefine, you know, you know, let's take somebody who is struggling with mental illness. Self-care is taking your medicine. Yeah. Like, and so it just was, this is the power of these conversations. This is the power of, you know, all of us together, but certainly that we can all practice is to really listen to someone instead of just saying, well, I disagree. I disagree. 
both those answers, in my opinion, they're are correct. right. Right. Mm-hmm. They're right. Like self care is that for some people, and it is also not an equitable answer for other people, and it's also not the definition for other people. I love the use of and. I use that a lot, right? I think we had a whole mm-hmm. conversation about or versus and. It's mm-hmm. like if you just add and in there, it changes the the and also to the kind of the the meaning of it. And also to the other thing that just came up with me, what you said is that whole power of story. Mm-hmm. When you when you go in and lean mm-hmm. in and really mm-hmm. listen to those people's story, to different people's stories and their perspectives and where they're coming from, that changes for you, that shifts. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, you're right. This these conversations are so important. And I and what we really want people to get out of these podcasts and out of these sessions is it's okay to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. It is okay to not know all the answers Mm -hmm. and it's okay to have a reaction actually to it. And it's okay to allow yourself to learn something new and have your perspective change and shift. You know, we're learning and unlearning all the time. Also, when you talked about either or or both, and you all just met my friend Bridget. Yes. And Bridget will tell you, Bridget will often, Bridget will often when talking about me or introducing me say that one of my taglines is two things can be true. Three things can be true. Multiple things can be true at the same time. For y'all that don't know us, and you'll you'll hear us very, you'll hear this a lot often. We are each other's coaches. Like we are coaches. We coach each other. We coach ourselves. How many times, like Melanie, she's the Tory is going, I need a 10 minute coaching session. (laughs) (laughs) And then somehow I'll call and then somehow I'll be like, so Liz, tell me, tell me more about that. Or how true, how true is that? Or, you know, it can, two things can be true. Hashtag quote, hashtag Melanie. Of course. I think it's, it's, but you know what coaching, I think, if, if anybody doesn't take anything else from our conversation, in addition to that great little tagline was, you know, <laughs> self-care can be a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, we don't teach it, well, at least when I was growing up, because I know they're doing these things down with children, but it's like, when I was growing up, they never told you that you're going to have bad days. They said, you you having a bad day? Oh, you're going to power through it and you're going to act right and oh, you're going to sit up in a chair. Yeah. And so when you take that on, right? To me, it has translated into suck it up and do better. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about suck it up and do better, that is not a healthy way of coping. Now, let me tell you, it's a healthy way of surviving, okay? But it ain't a healthy way of coping Mm -hmm. and or managing my emotions. Wait, wait, we got to pause that because that was a golden statement. It is a healthy way of surviving. Mm-hmm. It's not a healthy way of coping or coping or thriving. Thriving. Let's, I mean, shout out to uh, Dr. Burroughs because that's the one thing she says Are you going to stay and survive or are you going to leave and thrive? Right? Surviving versus thriving. So, Cher, sure, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but like that needed a spotlight on it right Hashtag. there. That was a well, that was a share a tagline right there. Well, y'all just got to Melanie and I started a book about Shara's taglines. Don't start <laughs> it. That's this is how y'all end this podcast so fast. It has been, <laughs> been nice. It's been nice with y'all today. Y'all gonna start that. I, I didn't know I was starting a book, so that's all her. Oh, oh, we're starting a book. <laughs> More than words, well, 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 Melly, I will say this though. I will say that one of the, the journeys that I've had is, you know, and we haven't really talked about this, and I think it's a part of self-care is, you know, when you're talking about growing, right? 
the hardest things, especially in this work, is to take that time to really take those moments to kind of think about yourself, right? And not only just like think about yourself in like, you know, journaling or meditation or exercising or taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, whatever it is, it's also recognizing some of the things that are not serving you. And I will tell you that one of the things that Melanie, and I, and I will say I've had a lot of white um, a white people, employees, um, um, co-workers, friends. Well, I won't say a lot of friends. Let me take that back because that's a lot. People be like, well, Chandra got a white friends, but I do. Um, they just very few. And I would say what Melanie challenged me when I met her was I had to really go back and think about all of the times where I stereotype white people and I did not offer myself, and I'm putting this under self-care, myself the opportunity to experience people differently. And it took me a long time to get brave about opening that box of color um, because my safe place is mostly Black. And the reason I bring this up is because we, when we think about who we want to partner in this journey to kind of do self-care or trust with these conversations, I, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, would it be me calling Melanie? to have a conversation about my experience or what I'm struggling with, I probably would not have said it would have been a Melanie, a white woman <laughs> to coach me through some of the um, some of the beliefs that I was struggling with or the things that I needed to grow in this work. But you ask me now, and it's the first time in a long time I feel confident that I say that I can sit at the same table in the same space and Melanie can be across from me, and, and Liz can be across from me, and we can be as strong as we are, powerful in our demographics and our experiences, and have a conversation and still come out with an equitable solution. Mm -hmm. And I would not have believed that three years ago or 14 years ago because I hadn't seen it work as many times that I need to trust. Because just so y'all know, it takes a lot for me to trust things, just FYI. In a way, that's kind of your safety mm -hmm. as well too it goes like whenever I feel insecure or whenever I'm feeling lonely or things in my past come up I always go back home I always go back to my family mm -hmm. I go to my abuelita I go to and it re-energizes me to get back into the world and that it too it goes it goes into self-care mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. community with people mm -hmm. what we're doing here in 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 this space us four in this house this is this is self-care mm -hmm. community is part mm -hmm. of self-care it absolutely is and first of all sure I want to I, I haven't had the change yet but thank you for sharing that story you not shared that with me before and thank you and there was a similar experience in that you know in being what you know certainly it was exposed in that moment where we first met where you know it, it's very infrequent I am um the other that I am the person less represented in a space so that was a moment for sure but also when you're doing this work there's also a vulnerability and insecurity and when you're in the dominant group am I going to say the wrong thing going to do the wrong thing am I going to hurt someone unintentionally and so you know you have and you and I have walked through that you have you have met me where I'm at to be able to walk that journey, to be authentic in our relationship and be able to come together in commonalities and understand differences in a way that's very authentic. Um, 
but it's hard. You know, I remember I came down to visit. Do you remember this? I came down to visit and we went to the farmer's market and you saw a friend and your friends that, and you said, oh, I'm working with her. And he said, what are you working with a white woman for? And so, um, you know, these are the realities though. These are the realities of the world that we live in for sure. Absolutely. So I want, I want to make sure that I thank you for bringing that up because I don't think, you know, this is your podcast, but I don't think any of us in doing the work want to paint it as it's not work. And it's not like, they so genuinely deeply feel a belonging with you all and, and just something that you don't get very frequently in life, but that doesn't mean, you know, we don't have to work. I say this to my teams all the time too, that work relationships are relationships, the same basic things you have to put in a relationship. You're going to have to put in your relationships. And you spend more time with your work relationships than you do at home. So you have to care for those and take care of those and, and, and lean in and, and see the differences and everything like that. So, yeah. When I also, you know, I think too, you know, we're talking about self-care, this work is hard. It takes a ton uh, out of you. Like you're not just giving, um, you didn't just build something and you're selling a product. You are giving a part of yourself, a part of your emotional labor. Um, And when you do this work, when you talk about self-care, you know, it's interesting. We started this conversation about being allergic, (laughs) but (laughs) I've put, I've put some cream on my rash and it's feeling a little bit better. Some allergy medicine. But it is also true that this is one of the things that, you know, I, I know I've had to navigate. I know as I've talked with other people in this space, we've had to navigate is, we, in fact, we just had this conversation last night too, where I've talked about my work environment. It's so much about, you know, really being in these spaces that are deep and, and hard and have a lot of pain in them. And then I do volunteer work in the same area with the equity council in my community. And so my personal relationships I've had, I have kind of brought into a much smaller inner circle right now. And, but I struggle with that. Am I creating a bubble? Am I doing too much of this? But it's also a way for me to self-care that I can't do this emotional labor and work all the time in every space I'm at. We had that conversation yesterday and this is really hard. And Melanie, to kind of tell a little bit of, tell everyone a little bit about you, especially I mean, and you know, Cher, you've known Cher a little long, longer than I have, but you take everyone in and your care and your awareness is run so deep. And it's almost like, especially like now, you know, me as, as a Latin woman, Cher as a black woman, it's like, you really, and we'll, we'll do another episode on allyship, I think, but you, you take that on and you give a lot of yourself to all your organizations that um, you advocate for, you are an ally for, you're a sponsor for, you do this work. And, and, and I also think too, that it is important that allies do this work and lean in and, and it's, and like you said, it is so hard and I did not come from this background in HR. I don't come from a DEI background. But as I went into my, I said, I know that this is so important for me. And in my bio, you can see why it's so important for me. And, and when I said, I'm going to do this work and I'm going to do it and I'm going to have uncomfortable moments 
I'm going to be called out on it. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. Things come up that you're like, oh man, I pushed that so deep down inside. (laughs) Why is this coming up now? Things like from years from how I grew up and and in our family, um, you know, my parents idolized white people. Mm -hmm. White people was what your goal was to be. Mm It was, it, and I work, I, I, one of my industries was a very white male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. So how did I have a voice being that only in a many a times in that occasion? If I, someone would tell me, go get the coffee or go uh, take the notes or, you know, or something like, or ask me questions of, you know, like, oh, you must love tortillas, which I do. Yes. <laughs> Okay, but like, you know, you have these odd, like, questions that you get, right? But, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, all like stuff like that just started coming up as I went in this journey of lowering and growing. But I'm so glad that I did as as hard as it was, because first, I have y'all and you, you know, as as my as my team and, and as my people, I have you all, I got introduced to you. And I also got introduced to a whole new world that if I had just stayed in my way and in my lane, I would not have been able to experience. But do you have those moments where it's overwhelming? Absolutely, it's 100%. And so, you know, when we think about self-care, what Sarah's really done for me in this conversation, because the audience should know Liz is always pushing self-care. In fact, I do not think that this is a mistake that I am in this podcast. I think it's a subtle intervention. Welcome Welcome um, to my world. (laughs) (laughs) So we're writing a book, right? Sharon really helped me redefine that. Now, because I always say to you, I do do self-care. Like these are the things that I do. That was our conversation. Exactly. And I do do some of that. Like when I, you know, I have managed to kind of cut off my day and I read things, I I rarely watch TV, but I read things that are just kind of like, I love a good um, thriller type, you know, ridiculous book that has no intellectual stimulation whatsoever. And I can predict the end every time, but I read it over and over, you know, and things like that. But this is also redefining for me, you know, even things like, you know, I just went through a horrible health period, both with long COVID and mental health. And, you know, there are a lot of things that I would never define as self-care in terms of taking care of my health during that period. And this was really a aha light bulb moment for me. So thank you for helping me get Liz off my back. For- <laughs> yes. Well, I just, it's so funny. We had this conversation and I'll let you jump in here, share it too, but we had this conversation and I said, so just, I'm just, making sure to make sure you know I do my call right and that voice I'm just making sure that you know you okay you taking care of yourself how you doing pulse check da, 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 da. she's like I could hear it to her frustration and her voice she's like I am taking care of myself okay like <laughs> which was probably a good sign right that yes elevation of my voice. <laughs> she's like I'm eating I have good days. I take naps. I, you know, all these, I'm like, okay. I said, but here's what I'm observing. And this is why a coach is so important because they will tell you, you're like, oh, I'm great. Okay. 
tired. And I'm like, well, let me tell you what I'm observing. And I said, I still see you doing the Monroe Equity Council. I still see you doing your nonprofit organization. Uh, you're still bossing it up with MFR. Uh, and also you take all my random calls and uh, <laughs> right and text and all this stuff and our articles and I push you to do social media as well too so we're on social media and it's, it's just, and I, there was a little bit of a pause and she goes you know what I think I'm just going at 100% versus 125%. Well, yeah, what I said was that, and this was, and this kind of gets into the other thing about perfectionism, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, Cher, is that, that I'm sitting here thinking I've cut back, I've cut back, and, you know, I've heard this feedback so many times, and I don't know why I can't get it yet, but my 100% like a lot of people's 100% baseline is my 100, it's like 150 for them. What's 150 for them is 100 for me. There you go. That's how I'm trying to say it. That's it. So when I go down to 100, that may be other people's 50. And that's what I got to think about. And that's what self-care has got to look like for me. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I don't know how to not do 125 or 50 well, or 200 because I'll be honest with you. I show up 100% for you. I show 100% for Liz. I show up 100% for other people all day. So I'm going to get my calculator I, and add that because that's don't that do it. Don't do it. 100%. I'm just no. saying. Listen, I'm gonna just I'm gonna assume that you're right. You know what I mean? Um, but what I'll say is the depletion is what. I was never taught to catch, right? Mm -hmm. Depletion is what we need to be more cognizant of because the happy, the, the perfectionist in me is like, yeah, girl, I'm working my behind off. Yeah, I'm successful. Yes. But the, the depletion part is that what have I sacrificed today? And what have I sacrificed every single day, including my health and my time and my heart and whatever else I've had to say, it needed to be more convenient for me to do these other things that I cumulatively just lost pieces of myself that didn't, I didn't know that wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And so perfectionism for me came long time before that. It was like, okay, this is my family name. You better go out there and act right in school, in work, in here, and here. And once you layer all those stories, you better be a good student. You better be, when you go out to this college, you better represent, you better make the money, you know, make our investment worth it. If, you know, we love you, but you gotta be great. Why? Because it's not just your family name, it's that you're a black woman out there in the world. And if you layer that on and you put the DNI and the coach need to be good, when you layer all of those responsibilities, and I'm not a mom, I am not, a, you know, I don't have any of those more complex pieces to add on like molding human life as my intentional impact in the world. But I still give that out in other places, like as aunties and friends and, and just random caregiving in that way yeah. that I just take on. But when I thought about what I did not have, I couldn't even find a place to start. But I started with the basics. Shara, your skin don't look good. You overweight. 60 70 pounds what are you going to do when I had to think about when I can't answer a question Liz asked me about how are you doing I can't give you the right words I'm gonna give you what I would been told to say okay she deflected I say okay I'm like yeah girl I'm okay girl and when and you ask me, 
like, how you doing, girl? Good? Okay, girl, because I don't want you in my business. But, so how, but how do we hold, how do we create a space of accountability, loving accountability for each other to not live like this? Like, how do we create, you know, all of us have our own orgs and collectively we work together as one of, like, how do we create spaces of a loving accountability for self-care and lack of perfectionism? I think it's two places, right? I'm going to start with when, Liz, I saw you about to say something. So I'm going to start with two things. I found that integrity for myself is the most important. So I can't give, I can't ask you for nothing until I get myself right. I got to have hard conversations. I got to, I have to hear what my mom said, you don't look healthy. And I was like, okay, mom, yeah, you're doing that mama thing. So when I looked in that mirror and I was like, yeah, I don't look healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so integrity is the first thing. Right. And I had to be honest with myself. But then I think the second part was I had to let people in and you not talk. You not taught that specifically, Melanie, as a white woman across the board, looking at you on the screen. No one's ever said, go trust this white people going to help you, Shara. And that has never been a conversation. It's always been a conversation that you have to be cautious in this world. And when you are cautious in this world, not knowing what people's mindset, intentions, beliefs about you are, then you have to walk around cautiously. Now, did they say that? Did they, did they don't put the caveat to say, well, you're going to find some friends and trust them. No, it's the it's the survival yeah. talk. It's the talk that you get about driving a car and putting two hands on the wheel so you don't get killed mm-hmm. on a, in a, in, you know, being pulled over. It's the same talk. It's like, okay, listen, you go out there, you be cautious. You don't know. You trust them? Like, that's the conversation my friends, my family have. You trust them? For real? Okay, yeah. Why you trust them? Okay, yeah, I'm going to keep my two eyes on them until they prove to me that they worth trust. But what I will say is, and the point of me saying that is, it took me to say, I'm going to see my timeline for trust is going to be a little bit shorter in these spaces. Mm-hmm. We're spaces that I've intentionally opted in, i.e. this coaching practice, where we intentionally opted in to say, we want to do this work for ourselves and others. And that is where I limited that trust a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take this risk, oh, i.e. meeting Melanie, this white woman who is probably in, in many cases, the, the, the thing I have to defend in conversations all the time of why I partner, who I partner with, less than when I talk about Liz. And I have to have these conversations. So I would say integrity first, and then allowing in those spaces that is the is the most that you opt in that you know why you're doing it to let those individuals share space with you until you build the trust and relationship with other people um, to do that. So that that would be my two. Yeah, and for me, what comes up for me because I'm a mom, I'm I'm raising two 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 kids, two children with my husband. And for me, and I always go back to this is the generation and the legacy that I'm leaving and also to understanding where I came from. And I, and I, I, both of my parents are, are, are Mexican and I have a long line going back to my great grandmother who ran the village in Mexico of, we just push through, we just push through in our work 
and we don't have time for self-care. We don't have time because there's people that are depending on us. Um, you know, we're running a whole village. We have a whole family. We're the matriarchs. We're the pillars of the family. And they tried giving that to me. And I said, no, <laughs> but understanding, uh, being aware of where what how your past is going to impact and mm -hmm. then also making the decision of to where what you want that to look like for mm -hmm. you because I think about my children and I and I deal with anxiety I also have mental health um uh disease within my family my 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 father dealt with it a lot and we handled it within the family mm -hmm. we weren't open for it mm -hmm. which I think is what has made me such an open book mm -hmm. which is why I share on social media, which is why I wanted to have this podcast because um, for so long, I felt like the only, and I was told to deal with it within the family. We do not talk about these things outside mm -hmm. of the family. It's embarrassing. It makes us look, look weak. Um, other people are going to take advantage of you because you are weak. Mm -hmm. um, and, and honestly, and I look back at like my COVID time, I, I struggled so much. I had so much anxiety and so, I, mean, I didn't realize that I had anxiety until, until I was put in a situation that was so traumatic and dramatic for me. Um, and what I did was I would post, have a post per day and it was a gratitude post on my children. There were pictures of them and it was, I would end my day with a gratitude post. It was oversharing. And yes, I do put my food on social media. Don't y'all judge. Okay. I like a good food post. <laughs> Thank you. So that's why Melanie and our friends. Okay? We like share, share and First of all, to be clear, you know, I am looking at y'all crazy every time. I'll be like, if y'all put this phone down so I could drink, eat, and enjoy myself, I'd be so annoyed with y'all. That's why they no, talking no, about. No, 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 no. Last night you said, okay, take your pictures. Because I had to assume control. You were so annoyed though, Melanie. I was I had to assume so control. So I did not have to suffer. That's what it was. I was assuming control and delegating the work so I could feel like I could have some control. But when I tell y'all, if y'all take one more picture while we are on this trip, I'm telling you, I want to eat. Better my food. not order any good food at lunch today, then. Because <laughs> you, I gotta take a picture of it. But that's such Thank a good, good question, Melanie, that you asked, and I think it's a really good way to kind of close our our session is to think about, and I'll go ahead and challenge our listeners on this. Think about your everyday, and think about from a this self care, the equity of self care. Think about, you know, what does that mean for you and what do you need and who is also going to be your community mm -hmm. that's going to hold you accountable and what do you need to be held accountable? Mm -hmm. I would also offer that you find, at least in this conversation, a brave way to talk about things that are uncomfortable. I intentionally have said, call Melanie White a hundred times in this podcast, <laughs> because I want people to be able to use the language. Mm -hmm. uh, and a part of using the language is being honest, right? And when you can't be honest with others, it is really hard sometimes to be honest with yourself. Yeah. So I'm, I have purposely and intentionally said, we're going to get comfortable being a little uncomfortable in practice in this space now Melly knows good well I don't use this word right a hundred times when we get interactions but it's important for people to be able to say it I'm a black woman saying white mm -hmm. I'm a black woman saying Latina 
And believe me, I put that extra A on it just because that's me. But I also want us to be able to say, you know what, Melly, next time you come on, I want to talk about, you know, how did, how has a white savior experiences happen, right? How have you navigated as a white person, right? Mm-hmm. And how do you, how did you decide to be, do this work and how mm-hmm. much do you give up in having this conversation with me? Because if y'all ain't noticed, Melanie has been quiet the whole time and that's what happens, right? You, oftentimes in this work, we leave space for everybody else. And when we think about self-care or we think about how we are, it is usually the last thing. Now, I'm not trying to over-index on, on that specifically because Melanie, but I'm just trying to at least illustrate to you how it, if DNI practitioners or HR folks, um, anybody who is in this equity work or in spaces of own you can easily every day spend an hour just like this and not even be in the same conversation space or mindset with others because you have forgotten to put yourself in at the table and you can spend a lot of time leaving space or others so you don't offend you don't say the wrong thing that you don't, you know, all that noise that comes with our generational upbringing mm-hmm. and history. But I say all that to say, like, if you don't take nothing else, answer that question, Liz, put forward and Melanie put forward. And then challenge yourself to say, what is it that I've been holding back that I need to focus on to get more brave about? And part of it is probably yourself and a, probably the other pieces, others who are the most and different than you or have been in your history as being seen as something that is a, as a challenge versus something to work together and build a solution. So I, I just couldn't leave that alone. And also, I guess I, I just need to go ahead and let Melly you know, like this is a hundred, this is, she ain't never heard me say white this much. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I know I'm white. So you didn't, you didn't give me information that I didn't know. So I wasn't surprised. So thank you, Melanie, for being here. Thank you. I love you guys. Wait, wait, Melanie, one last thing. One last thing. Is there a tool or resource that you love, 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 love that you think is important to leave with anybody today, either about self-care or being brave in spaces or something, because what we want to do is give people tools and resources, um, like the diversity will we talked about to mm-hmm. kind of allow people mm-hmm. to share and, and engage in. Um, so that I was not prepped for this question. So this is just what's coming up for me in the moment. I will tell you in terms about being brave in spaces and this book is accessible for anyone, but it really is written for women, is Untamed by Glennon Doyle, has been a book that was very transformative for me. And in those spaces where I was really feeling disempowered um, and unsure about who I was, um, that has been just, I've read it three times. I don't read books three times. I read a lot, but I don't read the same book. That's the first thing that came up. I have lots of things, lots of tools, lots of resources, but um, I would say in particular for women, if that's not a book you've read yet, that might be one that will you find useful too. And I think I read that book and mm-hmm. it, and it was, I think it'd be even useful for men to read it as well. Yeah. That's why or I'm any, saying it's any, accessible any, for anyone. anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. Well, until next time y'all check us out on our Instagram, uh, email us any questions you may have at Liz and Shara at more than words, podcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on, on LinkedIn, 
uh, follow us on anywhere where they have podcasts, Spotify, Apple, whatever. All right, Shara, thanks. See y'all. Thanks for having me. Loved it. Loved it.